platform for an in-depth look in economic matters with leaders and decision makers. This is BizTalk. Hello everyone, I'm Guan Xing in Beijing bringing you China's economic performance throughout 2023 and its impact on the global stage. My colleague Aaron is here to give us the big picture. Thank you, Guanxing. When it comes to evaluating a nation's economic vitality, GDP takes center stage. In the first three quarters, China demonstrated an impressive 5.2% year-on-year GDP growth. This 5% growth rate is significant for an economy of China's size. To put it in perspective, this 5% annual growth is equivalent to the Netherlands' total GDP or half of Italy's GDP in 2022. Back to you, Guanxing. Well, thank you, Aaron. The impact of China's economic performance in 2023 is not confined to China alone. It resonates globally. And joining us today is Safdar Parvas, the ADB's country director for China. It's such a great honor to have you with us, Mr. Parvas. Thank you. So uh, how does the Asian Development Bank gather economic data about China and what indicators are you closely monitoring? Yes, uh, we have a, uh, an excellent team of international and national economists working in our offices here in Beijing. Uh, they coordinate very closely with the uh, various sources of data. They collect uh, and monitor national data. They look at in internationally comparative data. And they talk to uh, a lot of other multilateral institutions and the private sector who also routinely cover the Chinese economy. Mm. Typically, the kind of data that we monitor reflects both the demand side of the economy as well as the supply side of the economy. We look at quarterly uh, GDP numbers, for example. We look at consumption data, investment data, we look at inflation, we look at uh, monetary policy aggregates, we look at uh, fiscal policies such as uh, taxes and subsidies and those types of issues, and we look at international trade data, we look at exchange rate movements, and not only that, but we also coordinate very closely with our headquarters in Manila and the office of the chief economist, because we would like to ensure that the data that we are putting out for China uh, is consistent with the data of the other uh, uh, developing member countries of ADB mm. because there are so many linkages between the Chinese economy and the economies of other countries in Asia and Pacific. So together we come up with these types of uh, estimates. We feel that uh, our uh, analysis is uh, quite robust based on uh, scientific methodologies uh, and uh, triangulated through various sources. Mm. And I know aside from data, you also went to a lot of Chinese provinces to see with your own eyes. What impressed you the most about China's economy? I was very fortunate to have visited uh, about six provinces and various cities within those uh, provinces. Uh, what uh, has always impressed me uh, about uh, the Chinese economy and Chinese people is the resilience that you see uh, out in the field, uh, uh, mm -hmm. the way uh, uh, cities are coming out of the impacts of the pandemic. Mm. They are uh, restoring lives and, and, and livelihoods. They are jump-starting their e economies. Uh, we saw very promising uh, uh, examples of uh, agricultural production. Uh, we visited several agribusiness industries. I was recently in the Guangxi Zhuang Autonomous uh, mm. Region uh, and had the opportunity to visit the border with Vietnam. Uh, and we saw uh, a lot of trade happening between the two countries, which is really good for food security yeah. uh, and for promoting the livelihoods of farmers uh, around uh, in, in these areas. Uh, so I think uh, because uh, of the uh, opening up after the pandemic, 
there are promising signs uh, of economic recovery uh, across uh, the provinces that I visited. Mm. And how do you think about the impact of China's economic policies and reforms on domestic economy? I think uh, we uh, have recently upgraded our uh, economic projection uh, for uh, growth for China to 5.2%. And this is largely premised on the effectiveness of the policy response that we have seen coming from the Chinese authorities. Mm. Uh, for example, on the fiscal policy side, uh, the government recently announced a stimulus package of 1 trillion RMB uh, to support uh, disaster management activities as well as broader development projects. Uh, we know that uh, the local governments uh, uh, were asked to fully utilize their local government bond quotas so as to uh, uh, catalyze spending and, uh, uh, and expenditure at the local government level. On the monetary policy side, uh, you know, we saw that there were cuts in the policy rate, uh, which led to an increase in the aggregate level of social financing available in the economy, which led to greater availability of credit. On the financial policies side, uh, a cut in the mortgage rates in order to support uh, the weaknesses uh, uh, that we saw in, in some of the property sector areas. Uh, and um, uh, also uh, policies such as uh, uh, preferential loan rates for uh, first-time homeowners and also making it easier for households to acquire second homes. I think these are all manifestations of a policy that has been trying to support uh, you know, the property sector, also uh, the government support for debt restructuring as well as enabling uh, 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 property uh, uh, companies uh, to be able to complete their property and housing projects as soon as possible. So I think all in all, <coughs> we saw quite a robust uh, uh, response from the government. Uh, uh, more is needed uh, going, in, going into the future. Mm. Uh, but the strength of the recovery that we saw uh, in 2023 was a result of some of these policies. Right, and I know ADB is working closely with China on sustainable development. What role do you see China playing in the regions, in the Asia-Pacific region, sustainable and inclusive development? You know, China plays a vital role, a pivotal role uh, uh, for the regional as well as the global economic prospects. Uh, China contributes uh, about one-third of global growth. Uh, it uh, contributes nearly half of regional uh, growth. Uh, it is uh, one of the largest trading partners uh, uh, for many countries, perhaps over 140 uh, countries. It uh, remains a central part of uh, the global and regional supply chains. Uh, China is also uh, at the forefront of uh, uh, dealing with the global challenge of, of climate change. It is the world's largest renewable energy producer. It is a global manufacturing uh, hub. Uh, as well. And finally, from an Asian Development Bank's perspective, uh, China contributes substantially to the, to the uh, development prospects of other countries. For example, China is an active contributor to our Asian Development Fund, which mm -hmm. is a fund uh, to support uh, low-income, poor, poorer and vulnerable countries. I think uh, there are many ways in which China continues to influence and impact the global and the, and, and the regional economies, and it, and it continues to play a vital role. And looking ahead to 2024, amidst a fastly evolving global landscape, what opportunities and challenges do you see for China's economy? So, so we are at, the, at this moment projecting a steady growth of about 4.5% uh, for 2024. We will be revisiting this when we update our projections uh, around uh, March or April. Uh, 
I think some of the challenges uh, uh, continue to be uh, to find ways of in, uh, improving uh, consumer confidence in the economy so that they can spend more, in other words, boosting effective demand. Uh, also, uh, trying to uh, bring in private sector investment in a bigger way, in a larger way, uh, is also going to be important to, uh, uh, for the economic prospects for 2024. Continuing to address some of the structural weaknesses uh, in the property uh, sector uh, will mm -hmm. be uh, important. And also the external environment remains uncertain and difficult uh, mm -hmm. and the geopolitics of it is also uh, challenging. And uh, so China will need to find a way to navigate uh, so, uh, you know, these external uh, 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 environment uh, because the strength and the health of its exports depends on, uh, on an enabling external environment. As far as opportunities are concerned, there are many the high-tech manufacturing sector. I would also like to add the importance of a, of a strong uh, 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 services sector because services sector is really critical to boost consumption levels uh, in the economy and within the services sector the importance of a strong and resilient financial sector mm -hmm. uh, is a great opportunity that uh, can be further uh, 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 explored in, in this context. And that was Safdar Parvez, the Asian Development Bank's country director for the People's Republic of China. Ever wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African? How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? Well, get a perspective with China-Africa Talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get on our wavelength every week to find out what's real with China-Africa Talk. Find us on your favorite podcast. We'll see you there. And now let's delve into the industries and sectors which China excelled in this year. And back to you, Aaron, for an in-depth analysis. Manufacturing services as a critical parameter for a country's economic sustainability and strength. In the first three quarters, industrial output, that is the total value added of industrial enterprises above the designated size, so 4% year-on-year growth. Noteworthy performances were observed in green development in areas such as solar cells, charging stations, and new energy vehicles. These areas recorded impressive growth rates of roughly 63%, 34%, and 26%, respectively. Moving on to investment, from January to November, national fixed asset investment reached more than 46 trillion yuan. That is a year-on-year -year increase of 2.9%. Notably, investment in high-tech industries increased by 10.5%, indicating the emergence of new productive forces. The World Economic Forum recently unveiled its latest list of the lighthouse factories, recognizing 21 new manufacturing facilities globally. Remarkably, 12 of these facilities are situated in China. High-tech industries like photovoltaics, automobiles, and new energy were represented. These lighthouse factories are held as the world's most vast factories. They present top-tier intelligent manufacturing capabilities. Back to you, Guaxi. Well, thank you, Aaron. Indeed, the lighthouse factories stand as a testament to China's progress in smart manufacturing and its successful shift toward high-quality growth. And now, let's welcome our second guest today, Professor He Ping, Deputy Dean of the School of Economics and Management at Tsinghua University. Welcome to the show, Professor He. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. 
So, Professor He, what is your assessment of China's economy in 2023, and what trajectory do you see for 2024? Uh, looking back at 2023, the key word for China's economy is recovery. In the first quarter, the economy rebounded and achieved a good start. In the second quarter, the overall recovery trend continued, and the growth rate of some indicators slowed down. In the third quarter, major economic indicators stabilized and rebounded. In the fourth quarter, the macro control policy started to take effect, and the economy maintained the momentum of stabilizing and rising. For 2024, the momentum of recovery will continue. In terms of consumption, consumer demand will be stimulated through measures such as raising households' incomes and improving the social security system. In terms of industrial investment, firms are encouraged to increase R&D investment and promote industrial upgrading and transformation. It is also expected that there will be moderately increase in investment for infrastructure construction and real estate to stimulate economic growth. Hmm. So what specific policy factors have underpinned China's economic resilience, especially the rebound in the second half in 2023? In 2023, the macro policy, along with the implementation of development strategy, have created a sound and stable economic environment, issuing additional one trillion RMB of treasury bonds, reducing reserve requirements and interest rates, cutting taxes and the fees, promoting financial support in key areas, and resolving risks in the economic and financial fields. As a result, during the first three quarters, the contribution of domestic demand to economic growth increased to 113%, of which the contribution of consumption achieved 83%, effectively hedging the contraction pressure of external demand. In more detail, the total retail sales of consumer goods increased by 6.9%, significantly higher than the same period last year. For the investment, the investment momentum in high-tech industries is very, very strong, promoting the new momentum economic growth. According to the National Bureau of Statistics, during the first three quarters, investment in high-tech manufacturing and high-tech services increased by 11.3% and 11.8% respectively, which are both substantially higher than the average growth rate of fixed asset investment and continued to promote industrial transformation and upgrading. The added value of aviation, spacecraft, and equipment manufacturing in the high-tech manufacturing industry above designated size increased by 18.9%, also substantially higher than that of all industrial enterprises. Indeed, we're seeing some new momentum of high quality growth. And Professor He, how would you characterize the external challenges of China's economy in 2023? And how might these challenges evolve in 2024? In 2023, the external environment was very, very complex. The international political and economic conflicts, including Russia-Ukraine conflict, Israeli-Palestinian conflict, U.S.-China trade conflicts have imposed great uncertainty on the global economy, as well as on China's economy. And at the same time, U.S. continued to raise interest rates, and this increased the risk of financial turbulence globalized. The international environment is expected to improve in 2024. U.S. expected to cut interest rates, and the global conflicts are expected to de-escalate. Given the current global economic situation, China's exports are expected to recover with a growth rate of more than 4% in 2024, 
this will certainly help improve the overall performance of the Chinese economy. Mm. And you highlighted the role of technological innovation uh, driving China's economic development in the past year. And what are the prospects for 2024? 2023 is the first year after the 20th National Congress of the Communist Party of China. In this year, China deeply implemented the innovation-driven development strategy, strengthened strategic science and technology strength, modern information technology, artificial intelligence, big data, and other technologies were widely used. And the new industries and new products grow very, very well. Scientific and technological innovation has become an important force to drive economic transformation and upgrading and enhance economic vitality. The recent Essential Economic Work Conference set the tone for the economic work in 2024, leading the construction of a modern industrial system with scientific and technological innovation was the first of the nine key tasks. And the conference also proposed using disruptive technologies and cutting-edge technologies to give birth to new industries, new models, and new momentum, building a number of strategic emerging industries such as biomanufacturing, commercial aerospace, and low-altitude economy, opening up new tracks for future industries such as quantum and life sciences, widely applying digital intelligence technology and green technology, and accelerating the transformation and upgrading of traditional industries. From a policy perspective, what targeted initiatives do you believe are imperative for the Chinese government to sustain and enhance economic dynamism in 2024? I think it is very, very important to continue to implement a proactive fiscal policy and a prudent monetary policy. The proactive fiscal policy should be moderately strengthened with bigger fiscal deficit ratio, sending a positive signal of policy strengthening to the market. The monetary policy will have more space of interest cut, given the expected interest cut in the United States, being more flexible, moderate, precise, and effective. Well, Professor Ha, thank you so much for your insights. And now let's turn our attention to the evolving landscape of China's foreign trade as Aaron takes a deeper look into this dynamic sector. China's foreign trade structure has continued to optimize. In the first 11 months of the year, China's exports of electromechanical products reached over 12 trillion yuan. This marks a 2.8% increase, accounting for over 58% of total exports. In particular, Automotive exports surged by nearly 80% to over 650 billion yuan, while mobile phone exports grew by 3.3% to almost 900 billion yuan. Moving on to consumption, from January to November, total retail sales of consumer goods exceeded 42 trillion yuan. That is a year-on-year increase of 7.2%. The steady rebound in consumption since the third quarter brought the year-on-year -year growth rate in November to a new high. Back to you, Guanxin. 
Well, thank you, Aaron, for providing these insightful details. The data emphasizes China's manufacturing strength, driven by new technologies and processes, highlighting its growing competitiveness in international trade. And this momentum is further fueled by China's ongoing financial reforms. And on that, we welcome our guest, Dr. Xia Le, Chief Economist for Asia at BBVA Research. Welcome to the show, Dr. Xia. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Dr. Xia, how would you characterize China's economic performance in 2023? What are the most significant achievements of China's economy and how have they shaped the economic outlook for 2024? Uh, yes, I think um, for many people, uh, this year is a year of full of uh, surprise. For example, now I realize that the Chinese manufacturing sector is the world-class one. Okay, China is very likely to become the latest uh, exporter of automobile. Okay, we export a lot of the EVs. We also export a lot of the traditional uh, cars. So that's a very big achievement for us. Uh, in addition, uh, if you look at uh, other manufacturing sector, for example, the shipbuilding and uh, on the uh, semiconductor sectors, although other countries, they impose some sanctions of this uh, key uh, tax but uh, uh, China continue to make this a uh, breakthrough. Think about Huawei. Mm. So all this one, if we put it together, I think uh, we can see that the Chinese manufacturing sector is a world-class one. And in terms of the aggregate size, the China continue to contribute around one-third of new creative GDP to the world. Mm. Okay, that uh, uh, helped to stabilize the world economy. Mm. Okay, I think that's the main achievement I can read from Chinese economy. Mm. You use the word complex to describe the overall Chinese economy. On the downside, China faces a major challenge, a property sector this year. Do you see the risk of being addressed or mitigated? I think uh, now the authority, they are trying to address this uh, property sector issue. Uh, but uh, I like to say that uh, the problem is not a pop-up sandily. Uh, of over the past uh, three decades, we have seen a very fast growth of the Chinese uh, property market, property sectors. Uh, of course, uh, this one is also a great achievement because they provide this uh, housing, uh, uh, housing to the Chinese people. But at the same time, we have seen this, uh, some kind of the problems start to accumulate in this sector. Now we are normalized our uh, tightening measures imposed previously. I think that's a good normalization. In the past, uh, we imposed a lot of restrictions for home purchase in first-tier cities, in small cities. Now we try to relax this one, reverse this one. But on the supply side, as you can see that many property developers, they are still in their financial stress because they cannot easily borrow money from the banks, from some non-banking financial institutions as in the past. So I think in future, maybe, authorities, uh, they can have more policy to support the financing of all these uh, property developers. Make them make the good one, okay? We, we, mm. we need to make sure the good developers, uh, they can get the money as easily as before. And China has also continued to deepen reforms of its financial sector. How do you perceive the progress of China's financial reforms and their impact on the stability and the resilience of the financial sector? In 2015, 15, we have some market correction. We have a 
some depreciation of the RMB. And uh, from then, I think the Chinese authorities start to reform the financial sector. But they, they are doing that gradually, step by step. So far, even during the COVID-19 uh, pandemic period, we see the Chinese uh, financial sector, they have been very stable. Okay, they, they show strong resilience to withstand the external shocks. But of course, I think uh, to put China to transit from the previous uh, growth model to a new high quality growth model, of course, we need, need a more competitive financial sector, right? The most important part is banks, especially the big banks. In the past, uh, uh, these big banks, uh, they favor the uh, big borrowers. Uh, but I, I think we do observe some good uh, development. Uh, I think uh, the technology advance already enable many big banks uh, to, to lend to the uh, to the small smaller uh, borrowers, uh, for for example, uh, SMEs, uh, because uh, uh, technology development like a big data, machine learning, AIs, uh, they enable this bank to do it. If you can uh, have some policy initiative to encourage these uh, big banks to lend to these uh, SMEs, uh, definitely you should do that one. I think there's still room for the authorities to do it. And how do you think about the global economic outlook and how does it shape China's growth prospects? I think uh, uh, US, uh, even Europe, they are going to lower their interest rate. That's good for China because China, they can uh, have more room for policy maneuver and China can stimulate the, uh, its economy. At the same time, we do expect the Chinese uh, exchange rate, RMB, could uh, appreciate, maybe not that, that much, but they can appreciate against this uh, major other currencies. That's all good for Chinese economy. What do you think are the biggest advantages of Chinese economy and how should China further build on this strength? I think there's a several advantages. The first one, the manufacturing sector, that's a world-class one. The second, I think the Chinese people, they are creative people. <laughs> we, uh, I never worry that, uh, uh, that China, they cannot do good performance in this uh, high-tech uh, sector because uh, Chinese people, they are catching up very, very fast. So I think uh, as long as we can keep this uh, market uh, open to the rest of the world, that's, uh, that's very important. Um, we keep reform our economy. I think our people can deliver very good performance uh, in the economy. Hmm. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And we appreciate your insights, Dr. Shala, for us. Well, many thanks again to our three guests today for their insights on China's economic performance in 2023. As we wrap up this episode of BizTalk, it's clear that 2023 has been a year of achievements in strategic advancements for China. From resilient and stable economic recovery to advancements in manufacturing, foreign trade and financial reforms, the nation continues to set the pace for global economic progress. The opportunities and challenges ahead are dynamic and multifaceted. Yet it's evident that China remains committed to driving sustainable and high-quality economic growth, navigating challenges and embracing opportunities with resilience and innovation. From all of us here at BizTalk, I wish you a prosperous and fulfilling year ahead. I'm Guan Xing in Beijing. See you.